is Stevie. Hi, this is Emily. And welcome back <laughs> to The Sex Files. The Sex Files. Woo. The files of sex. All yep. right. How are you? I'm good. I'm right. I mean, I'm ready to jump in. I know this are. is a big one. Like, well, first of all, I just want to talk about it for a second. It's so weird because we're recording the fifth episode right now, but we have not released any episodes yet. So any. the first episode is coming out tomorrow. We just announced the episodes this past weekend and mm-hmm. we're so overwhelmed by the like absolutely lovely response we've received from people and holy fuck, I'm nervous. <laughs> Yeah, imposter syndrome is is at an all-time high, so <laughs> please be gentle with us. But we're so excited and so grateful that so many people were so had such a strong response to us yeah. doing this, and it's so exciting, and I hope that those people get as far as this episode. I I hope so too. <laughs> to I mean, I just thank you so much, everyone. It yeah. sounds annoying because it's like, you know, we're just two little gals, you know, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Talking but about aliens and sexism. Aliens you know. and sexism. That could have been our, that could have been the name. Oh, fuck. Maybe um, that'll be the name of this episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, we're just completely overwhelmed in the best way. Stevie and I had the biggest smiles on our face. For days. This whole weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah everyone all of you we love all of you and you guys are all the best ever i can't believe it yeah we're so excited it's such a cool fandom to be a part of and i feel such a cool fandom all my friends were like why is it blowing up on twitter like who do you know yeah i don't don't know (laughs) all our friends (laughs) so thank you yeah it's beautiful thank you so much so do you want to just get into it today? Because I, I this think one's a big one. Okay. Yeah. So today we're doing season one, episode five, The Jersey Devil. And we're this one's a lot. I'm it, it was a lot. I I started off and I was like, oh, this one's so fun and frilly and I love it. And Scully's outfits are so cool. And then I like by five minutes in, I was like, down with the patriarchy. I hate everything. <laughs> Men don't deserve rights. Yeah, that seriously. I remembered this one as being so like lighthearted and fun, yes. and like so many good MSR moments. And then the second it started, I was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, hold up!" Yes, <laughs> literally, literally. All right. So the scene essentially opens in New Jersey, 1947, and it's this uh, annoying suburban white family that's singing bingo in the car. I said annoying ass families singing bingo over and over and over again. Over and over. And they keep clapping after every verse. And on one of the claps, they blow a tire. So everybody's very scared. Yeah, their voices blew the fucking tire. Yeah, no one wants to listen to bingo. The car was like, please stop. <laughs> you say bingo one more time. So the they pull over. The dad's outside trying to fix it. He drops his flashlight down a hill and it's night, of course, so he has to like go down there and retrieve it. And we get this oh, camera yes. angle that shows that there's some kind of creature or being watching him. And so then he goes up to his wife's window and asks for her help and is like very dramatically pulled away from snatched. out of sight. He's, he's snatched. <laughs> she jumps out. She's screaming for him because he just disappears. She's like, Paul, Paul, and then we just we get a shot of seeing his feet being dragged away so then it cuts mm. they send out a search team with um dogs and lots of men in page boy caps because it's the 40s um mm. and they find the body with his leg eaten off 
Um, and so then they keep searching and they find someone or something in a cave that they just assume to have done this. They don't see it. They just assume it was and they start blindly shooting. And like, and like the good cops that they are, they shoot aimlessly into the space in front of them without any knowledge of what's in front of them. Without any consideration of what they might be shooting. Then we have the theme song. So then um, we are, and so then we go and we're at the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. And our favorite girl struts in in a really gray blue and coral suit. She looks so, she looks so good this whole Mm -hmm. episode. Great suits. I just, I just did a little boogie because I love her suit so much. (laughs) And then we have the introduction to Mulder's porn obsession as he's sitting in his office looking at a centerfold and Mm. just in her face when she sees it and she's like working hard, Mulder. Mm-hmm. Anti-gravity is right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because then he says yep. the woman claims to be taken aboard a spaceship and is held in an anti-gravity chamber for three days. And she's like... She's making boob jokes, Stevie. I know. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> I understood the joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so she says, sorry to interrupt your serious investigation, but I just heard a story that'll take your knees out. And I was like, ew, that's a gross way to say that. <laughs> Get ready. Stand up. I'm going to take your knees out. Your kneecaps are just going to fly out of their sockets. She says that they found a body in New Jersey in the woods that had his arm and shoulder eaten off by a human. And he gets so excited and he gets up and she's like, whoa, 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 wait. It's not our case. I was just telling you about it like because it was wild. Like we don't get to go there. And he pulls out an X-File and she's like, oh, an X-File. It's so, it's so funny because she goes to tell him this case and she initiates it because she knows he'll bite. Mm-hmm. And then she says, no, it was a homeless man. There's no motive. So, she's like, like, she's such a brat. She's I love such, her she's so, so much. She's so coy. Like, what a tease. Yeah. She's like, I found this crazy case about, like, a human that was eating another human. But, like, oh, no. No, it's not the big deal. We're not going. No, they already solved it. Already, it's so. done. We can't go look at it. She likes to rile him up. She does. Four cases in. <laughs> Four cases in. She's like, oh, this one will get him. um and so he asked her she's ever heard of the jersey devil and she's like yeah it's like a beast that comes out of the woods and attacks cars at night and he was like well actually and he gives her a file that explains the case that we saw from 1947 about the beast man they killed with human flesh in his stomach and she's like bro that's a myth like i heard that when i was a kid (laughs) and he's like yeah me too but the difference is is that i believed it and she's like yeah well you were a fucking idiot (laughs) She's like, I was a smart kid. I don't know what you wanted. I don't know what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Like, and can I just say, she is so fucking beautiful. I know. Like, when she's looking up at him with her giant-ass blue eyes. All her freckles. And all her freckles. And she's got a lovely blush going on. I know. Um, Like, I, I want to marry this Scully. <laughs> really cute natural I mean, makeup. Every Scully, but yeah. There's really cute natural makeup here in the first season. Um... This episode truly seems to be like a turning point for Scully's devotion and following him because Mm. in this episode, she's set up with opportunity after opportunity to not follow him. And she does anyways. And so it's like after this, it seems like there's no turning back. This is her deciding point or something. Um, I agree. Yeah. So they um, go to Atlantic City and they go to look at the body and the detective on the case comes in and tells them to leave and he's all pissy that they're in there when it's their jurisdiction and whatever like you know egos flying about mm. 
So Mulder asks her, why don't they get a motel and take in a floor show and drop some quarters in the slot machine and do a little digging on this case because that's his dream date. Like he's like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He's like, so he so hopes she's going to do it because oh, nothing. He would want to do nothing more than that with her. And he will get to yeah. for seven years. So, I mean, yeah. I guess he wins. And also, I just want to say um, Scully is the best thing that happened to Mulder for many reasons, but I'll tell you one for free right now. <laughs> um, she knows, <laughs> she knows, Scully knows when to pull back and do the work behind the scenes away and out of sight from the people trying to stifle them. And the difference is, is that that makes, well, first of all, that makes a huge difference because he always just goes full steam ahead mm-hmm. and that's what gets him into trouble that's and that's so what true. gets everything, everything canceled because everything gets shut down once yes, because he, he, he doesn't just know goes how, too hard. He doesn't know how to rein it in at all. That's yeah, so interesting. Exactly. That's a really good point. And so she's like, no, I have a life. Like I have plans. I have to be home. Like I have to be back in DC. And he's like, oh, do you have a date? And like, sir, that's none of your goddamn business. Like it's cute because yeah. it's him and we like him. And like later on maybe, mm-hmm. but you guys have worked four cases together. That's none of your business. If she needs to be back and it's out of her scheduled work hours, like fuck you for assuming that she should just stay there with you. Like, I'm sorry, I love him to death and I would stay and fight aliens with him all night. But like, he's so often just so inconsiderate of her as another being with things to do. And that's especially prevalent in the first season because she hasn't devoted her entire self to him yet. And God forbid, like, it's just annoying to me. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, all right, suit yourself. And he leaves her to drive three hours by herself friday night she doesn't want to drive alone she's so precious (laughs) because then i was thinking it's like oh does she like really enjoy the conversation with him like what do they talk about in the car rides can somebody send me a fic she just she's like smelling his cologne okay i want to (laughs) think of just her smelling his cologne for three hours and what that does to you ani ani would write that so well ani if you're listening at stells gibson on twitter i think i'll ask her if we can even shout her out she might not want to be (laughs) okay (laughs) Somebody write it. Somebody, anybody. Somebody write um, thoughts going through Scully's head in a three-hour car ride smelling Mulder's cologne. Please and thank you. That's Send it. it to our social media at the X-Files pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> we would love that. Um, so Mulder finds the park ranger who found the body and he takes him out into the woods and is like, oh, most people stay out of the woods because, you know, the devil. And he's like, mm. What? And then so the park ranger tells him about seeing a naked large man come out of the woods and him like smelling the air. And then he's like, he smelled me and took off. And I was like, oh, crazy. And the ranger is um, very suspicious that this could be what murdered the homeless man. But he's like, I have a pension coming up. I don't want to ruffle feathers. So he's like, not going to push it. He's like, but I don't come out here without my weapon anymore. Whatever. Yeah. Cut to Scully's godson's birthday party. Here we go. One. I love her. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. One, I love her vest oh. so much. Two, her comforting that child made me really emotional. Three, take it away, Emily. <laughs> Scully's outfit. I'm legally obligated to talk about her outfit. Change every single time in this episode. Well, because they're so. so good. Like, who said season one had bad clothes? Season two had bad clothes because I didn't know how to hide her being pregnant. But season one suits fire. Yeah. Scully, so this is my note for this outfit. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um scully in a suede vest me in a coma (laughs) scully uh wanders into the kitchen peruses around the kitchen Mm -hmm. to find ellen her her bff 
apparently. We'll see after this. And they have a little discussion, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Scully basically says, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're a mother. Because she's helping her with the madness at all of the kids. And then she's like, yeah. And then Ellen's like, you'd be a great mother. What are you talking about? And then Scully's like, I don't have time. Valid. Mm -hmm. And then Ellen says, well, first you have to get a life. Okay, Okay, Ellen. Ellen. Your sarcasm isn't appreciated, Ellen. (laughs) Ellen, baby, your best friend is working in the FBI. She graduated at the top of all of her classes. She's a medical doctor and a pathologist. The fuck you mean get a life? Homegirl has a life. Like, Pretty and, bomb and, one. Yeah. And the thing, the thing too is like both of these women have a life, right? Ellen is just not pro-choice and like you hate to see that. She was <laughs> well, allowed. The thing is like she's defining life by having a boyfriend. Exactly. And, and having so a I family. Said, she was allowed, Ellen was allowed to make the choice of being a mother, settling down. But when Scully expresses the desi- her desire for motherhood, Ellen says, well, nope, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, that's so frustrating. Because like, no. she's like, well, you have, to, you have to drop, essentially, your work and your passions. I mean, I t- I'm going to yeah. talk a lot about that later. So we're just going to. Yeah. So it's just a testament to the men in the writer's room. And I'll say that more in a second. But she wouldn't have said that. I mean, she, no woman would say i mean no woman would say that that's the thing is like these conversations that we see between her and alan aren't really how women speak to each other it's not how women speak to each other one but it's like female relationships are so much more complex than talking about dating and finding a man and settling down and being a mother like exactly it's like us we talk about so much more than that yep we so, hardly ever talk about that. <laughs> I, hardly ever. And so I just want to say, if a woman wrote her, because this is Scully, if you're listening, this is what you deserve to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Scully, if you're here. She would have said, well, no, Dana, is it really because you don't have time or is it something else? If you really want it, I think you should go for it. That's what you did with your career. And now look where you are. Don't wait for things to happen to you. Put yourself in the driver's seat. Oh, my God. So, fuck <laughs> Ellen. So, that's the Ellen we're choosing to... That's the Ellen I stand. I'm I Ellen stand. now. <laughs> so, Emily's Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I just want to say, like, I'm fully expecting a laugh track to come on after Ellen says that. It's, it's so oh juvenile. God. It's one, it's so juvenile. And she goes, and that helps if you have a man. Like it's so juvenile. And how did we just go from 90s crime show to 50s sitcom in two seconds? That's what I said. I said this is not how women talk to each other. It is so sitcommy. It's so, so sitcommy. sitcom-y. So and like, 50s sitcommy housewife. Yeah. Like, how do you have the time, Ellen? I just don't know where to find a man these days. <laughs> There's no one around. Like, what the fuck? They're all being snatched up by all these young women. I don't know where they went. What am I going to do, Ellen? Should I have a makeover? Like, what? Like, <laughs> literally, I'm expecting a fucking montage after this of her makeover. Like, is it possible that Ellen is just a bad friend? Yes um but but here, then, but, then you know, but then we start getting into the reality that men truly cannot fathom a female relationship or friendship where it's genuine and rooted in support void of jealousy and judgment like men truly believe that women inherently hate each other 
That's what they believe. They believe that women hate each other and also that all they think about is children. And, exactly. And, and them. And, and men, yes. Yeah, and so, like, here's the thing. I can't blame Ellen because she was written by men. So I'm not mm. even mad at Mm-mm. Ellen here. <laughs> me either, me either. It's not like, yeah, it wasn't, it was, yeah. I, that's what I'm that's, saying. Like, maybe. That wasn't that. <laughs> maybe was she written as a bad friend? Yeah. Is Ellen herself a bad person? Is this fictional woman a bad person? No. <laughs> Well, here's Ellen writes. Like, here's, here's what I'm getting into. It's like, oh no. What? I have so this, much more to go. Fuck. Okay. It's just like, how can she? It's like we view her as a bad friend, but they thought they were writing a good friend. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's what was so hard for me to get out. They were like, "What are you stupid? What do you mean you don't have the time? You fucking weirdo. Stupid fucking bitch. What are you, you doing? Dumb bitch." skull is crying on the floor easy it's so easy you just have to go out and find a man so easy (laughs) i almost would have preferred that ellen personally seriously i know and so i just think like oh god this line and then uh, this line about well first you have to find a man that's the we've moved on to that line yeah it is it just really, really speaks to the timing of the show in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that this is fair to um, the time period. Yeah. doesn't make it right. No. But a woman's life is whole if it's her and her career. Go off. And, and that makes me so happy because I'm really about to go off. And that go support, like, off. really. Yes. So that and anything else she desires okay yes one and two so scully wants children she does not need a man to achieve that Ooh, like got him (laughs) i hate case in point yep i hate this notion that women have to wait to fill that spot in their lives making men a precursor for something they really want like no like no Ellen if she wanted to be a mom she easily could be and a man's presence in her life isn't what's stopping her like hell yeah Emily tell him right yes and so I hate that Scully feels like she has to write all of this off is like I don't have the time I know Ellen and Ellen acts as if all of this is just the foreplay before her life truly starts the foreplay before her life truly starts. Did you hear that, right? listener? I mean, you're truly. getting this for free on Spotify. Like <laughs> <laughs> prime life advice for fucking free right now. Count your lucky stars. Yeah, this is not about the show anymore. We are preaching directly to you, women. If you are listening, <laughs> take control of your lives. <laughs> No, but seriously. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> no, but here we go. Because like I had the exact same thoughts to where I was like, this scene is complicated because it shows Scully's struggle between maintaining a life, a life, quote unquote, what is defined as, as what she needs to have in her life. And like her personal life stands her career mm. and succeeding in her work. And this episode implies that she cannot have both like she either has to be a mom and like has girlfriends and a husband and is satisfied in that realm but doesn't have a career or she can dive in and sacrifice all of her personal desires completely 
and have a career. And those are the only options that they give. And it's like, one, why does she even have to want kids in a personal life? Like, why is that a, like, why is that a struggle we never see Mulder grappling with? He's just fine, like, sacrificing. We never see him deal with anything like this. And two, why can't she be a fucking sexually liberated woman who has a life and also succeeds in her career? Like, again, we never see Mulder or any man have to grapple with this. It's like so beautiful. Thank you so much. It's so, this is free. I like, if you are not taking notes right now, get out your notebook, get out your little notepad ladies, because (laughs) this is prime time. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I made a huge note about uh, the concept of a woman who has everything later on when she goes on a a date. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll save that for later. But do do you know what I mean? As Mm -hmm. if Scully has not been living this whole time. I mean, what has she been? She's 29, right? 29 mm-hmm. or so 20, around 20. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's this obsession with a nuclear family that despite the Ooh, 90s, um, that despite the 90s being in the midst of another wave of feminism or whatever you want to call it, it's still being touted because of an all-male writer's room. And... I just, I, I can't stand this uh, ideology that men are the catalyst for when a, women, a woman's life truly starts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm. it speaks to this higher plane that society puts on men. And obviously, in a patriarchy, of course, that's where the centralization is going to lie. But, like, bleh, I hate this scene so much. Like, it's actually painful watching and listening to the way men wrote these two women interacting now I genuinely understand why we never see Scully with a female friend or another woman outside of her work ever again, because they wrote these two women conversing about their lives or what they perceived to be women's lives and Mm -hmm. said, all right, women are boring. That's enough feminism for the rest of my life. Literally. And here's the thing. It's like Scully struggling with having Uh, with wanting a family but also having a career is a valid struggle because we live in a patriarchy that makes it so that that's not possible like it makes it so it's much harder for women to both have a family and a career because there's not readily available daycare and works there's not long enough Mm. maternity leave like you know like shit like that there's not enough pay to fucking support the childcare it would take to go to work and also have children like Mm. it just we live in a capitalistic society that doesn't support that so if they're going to show her struggling with that in that way as a critique on the society that she's Mm. existing in like asserting that it's wrong that it's that way and that she should have both then sure fucking die right in but they're just portraying it as here's the normal choice she has to make and oops she picks her career that's it that's the whole thing yeah it's it's setting it up as a choice that oh of course every woman makes that choice not criticizing that there shouldn't be a choice to make at all exactly and i i I have more to say about that but i'll save that for later um uh yeah i i i agree uh uh, i can't remember her name but i will i will make a note of it somewhere um a uh feminist philosopher talks about how women are essentially set up for um uh they they, we center our lives around uh men essentially from the moment we reach uh puberty and um we center our so you know looking at it from a, a more um fundamental perspective we go to college, it's proven that women make 
uh, major choices based off of a couple of things, but based off of what they believe women can do, what, what are uh, designated female fields. Mm-hmm. One, two, women are more likely to pick a major, pick a college that coincides with uh, a man in their life. So if their boyfriend is going to a certain college, they're more likely to follow them as opposed mm-hmm. to pursuing their own. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she hypothesizes that basically women are in college to find a man so that they are able to marry that man. And then within a marriage, they lose rights. And then if they were to divorce that man, um, they would automatically pretty much be set up for failure in that sense as well, because women have children, they're out of the workforce for a certain period of time, they come back, technologies are different, ways of life are different. So even though it's illegal to fire a pregnant woman or not hire a woman because she may get pregnant in you know the near future there are these little microaggressions that happen that automatically put women back years yes um and women uh don't even get enough child support to maintain a life above poverty so Mm -hmm. all of these things from literally the moment a girl reaches puberty um are feed into this narrative of how truly even unconsciously we center our lives mm-hmm. around men and make decisions based off of that. And so, yeah. And I feel like our generation is, is getting to the point where we're trying to like see that and unravel it slowly and oh, are working to separate that. But I feel like, like our mother's generation, our grandmother's generations seriously suffered from those, those in place systemic yeah. microaggressions that set them back. Well, and it's also, we're very lucky. I mean, we both live in, very liberal states and progressive exactly. cities, near progressive mm-hmm. cities. And so um, I would imagine in other places around the world and in other parts of even just America, mm-hmm. that's not the case. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's much more uh, recently generational. Mm-hmm. And so, so the last thing I wanted to say was, I, I hate this, like, I was laughing so hard at the how they wrote Scully. Like, he's a jerk. He's not a jerk. He, he's just obsessed with his work. Like, what the fuck? Fucking pardon? Like, he's who a jerk? is speaking? He's not a jerk. Who the fuck yeah. talks like that? I no know. one it, talks like that. Sitcom characters talk like that. Yeah. X-Files, the fucking sitcom. And then, he's not a jerk. Cue laugh track. Literally, literally. Yeah. I want. Oh my God! Can somebody who's good at video editing edit this scene with a laugh track? Wait, that would be the funniest shit ever. Because it would fit. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Um, no, but like true. women's lives are funny to men. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucked up. Anyways, so they cut to Mulder in the woods, and then that's the whole scene. So then they cut back to the party. <laughs> He's obsessed with his work, cut to him wandering around in the middle of the forest. He's obsessed with his work. Look, he's walking. He's he's going on a hike (laughs) in a full suit. In a full Armani suit. (laughs) Jesus. So they go back to the party and one of the dads comes to pick up his kid and Scully answers the door. And of course, Ellen is like, divorced. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. And Scully's so clearly not interested in having a man in her life right now. So, like, read the room. I made a note of that later, and I'll bring it up. Yes. But she's like, 
she looks like, oh, I guess, yeah, I have to do that. That, yeah, okay, exactly. I guess I'm going to go on a date with him. And I'm like, honey, you don't have to. Your alien boyfriend is in the woods waiting for you right now. Exactly. Go be with him. <laughs> and I also would like to make a note of the fact that Rob is like the embodiment of like a piece of toast. Mm-hmm. Well, can I just say that like, she's such a baby here. She's 24. He looks like he could be in his 40s. 40s. And easily. that made me uncomfy. Yeah. He's talking bit. about kids with her and going out, and she's like, um, I'm a hot young medical doctor in the FBI. I don't want to. She's like, ew, as if. You want to have your white bread kids? Like, what? Bring that back. <laughs> then Mulder's chatting up a homeless dude, right? Yeah. Yes, thank you. So Mulder, so it cuts back to Mulder investigating around the homeless community, asking if anybody knew the homeless mm-hmm. man who was killed. I didn't write down his name, which is sad. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was really sad, but he was like, are you a cop? And Mulder was like, no. And he was like, all right, I'll, sh- I'll, show, you the- I'll show you the goods. And he kind of has a snazzy shirt on, so I, st- I stand him. I think we stand this homeless man. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I may not be remembering well, but like, I didn't find him bad looking. Okay, I knew okay. you were going to say that. <laughs> the, the straights are at it again. Let's continue. <laughs> no. Let's continue. No, don't tell them. <laughs> Okay. I just out in Stevie. <laughs> okay. So I this ugly homeless man. I'm sorry. <laughs> this hideous <laughs> fucking piece of shit, gross <laughs> poop on a stick homeless man <laughs> says something to Mulder who also looks average. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> can't even continue basically (laughs) he gives the homeless man of un whatever (laughs) no need to talk about him and what he looks like (laughs) you wouldn't remember (laughs) all right so what happens so he takes him to his home and um he gives molder money um no molder i'm sorry i'm sorry let me hold on let me recenter myself okay 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 so this homeless guy Brings Mulder into his home, and he says he needs some money. So Mulder does give him some money, and that makes me really happy. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. here, let me show you something. And here comes this fucking horrible-ass drawing. They spent about as much time on this drawing as they did on the continuity and coherency of the plot. (laughs) That's all I will say. Seriously, it took less time than blow-drying Scully's hair (laughs) to just – it's so – Pretty sure Piper – Piper as actually, an em- as, an, an, as an embryo, yeah. drew that. Actually, it was Piper. Piper being, this was her first work. Piper being Jillian's daughter, daughter yes. who was not born until a year later. Who was not born in, and is an artist now, but she was not born yet. Yes. <laughs> um, anyways, follow Piper Maru on Instagram. Her, mm. her art's mm-hmm. fucking rad. He says that this, this is a creature that a lot of us have seen out here. And Mulder's like, why don't you tell the cops? And he's like, well, the cops know and um, I haven't done anything about it. So, like, homeless man, we love him. So Mulder gives the man his hotel room for the night, which made me really happy. And then he essentially just steps into this man's shoes and sleeps where he normally sleeps in this back alley corner under a blanket. I had a really funny thought of, like, Mulder as an influencer. Doing this for, like, a YouTube video? Yeah, like, he pulls, like, the most influencer move ever, and, like, the title is, like, I was homeless for the night? (laughs) (laughs) What would his username be on YouTube? Mr. Dana Scully. You're right. He does, but he does look very cute wrapped up like a little burrito. (laughs) He does, a little nugget. 
So then in the middle of the night, he hears a noise and he sees this kind of animal-like creature digging through the garbage and it runs away and he follows it and he tries whistling at it, but it, it just escapes onto some roof. It's like bleeping from roof to roof. Mm. So then the cops pick up Mulder and take him to the junk tank and he looks so hot and scruffy without sleep. So like so hot. So hot. Um, anyways, Mulder accuses this detective of hiding the truth to keep tourists in and to keep the town running. And he's like, I've seen it, and pulls out this that horrible picture again. And <laughs> that's evidence. As if that's going to make him seem more credible. But anyways, so Scully comes into work, and Mulder calls and asks her to come pick him up. Um, and Iconic Scully fit number two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sea foam, matching skirt and blazer set complimenting her kick-ass fbi badge perfectly oh yeah she looks fucking snazzy she looks so good the highlight of the look though is the collar pin she has Mm -hmm. and the huge buttons oh yeah it's a look like she's studded she strut into that office that morning and be like i'm gonna show molder what a great weekend i had because i didn't go with him and then um and and i just want to make a note too when she that's her phone correct that she answers i don't know so didn't somebody the secretary, know it? No, it's yeah. not this. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a note um, about the desk. Wait, it's not her phone. Whose phone is it? Somebody else answered the phone and was like, and said, "Oh, Scully, line three. So she found a phone and picked it up and put it on line three. Just any random phone. Yeah. Is that how they work? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, there's different I lines don't know and about shit. That. Yeah, but like line three and pointed specific... to a phone. I don't know, but she didn't have. She wasn't at her desk. Are you sure? I refuse to believe she had a desk. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen to my point. Okay. <clears throat> so let's just follow me on this on this track really quickly. Okay. <clears throat> we see Scully's desk, question mark. Just pretend. Okay. And um, <clears throat> in all seriousness, maybe she never actually worked in the basement. Like maybe she had a desk in like a communal space the whole time, mm-hmm. which I don't know what's worse was my point uh, the fact that she may have had a communal desk among all the other agents and Mulder had an while office Mulder got an entire private office to himself or the fact that she did work in the basement and she still didn't have a desk and that was overlooked and so both are Chris bad Carter according to Chris Carter himself not of any importance whatsoever yep so yeah both are bad mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting it is interesting because either way she's overlooked and isn't given the space down there that she deserves to work at the level exactly. that she's working. Um, so so she gets on the phone, right? And Mulder is calling and he's asking her to come pick her up. And um, when he, she hears people vomiting in the back, so she's like, where are you? And he's like, the drunk tank. And then she accidentally yells, the drunk tank in the middle of the office. And everybody looks at her and she's like, oh. And she turns around, she's like, shit. So she picks him up and um, takes him to get some food and like, him stuffing his face, like looking a little scruffy like that, like uh, what's wrong with me? Something because I was really worried. This is where you were going. Do you not agree? No, he's like pushing the f- like soggy scrambled eggs to the front oh, of his mouth, okay, and okay. I. <laughs> I think it was less the soggy scrambled eggs in his mouth that I found attractive, and more the fervor in which he was eating ah, something. Ah, oh, I see you. I see you. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> She's wink, winking wink. back and forth. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> you know? 
Oh, now I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was really I not thinking about the food. Yeah. There's, there, yeah. Because you're right. That's gross. And like that meal looked so weird. So weird. He had like 20 slices, 20 oranges. orange slices. No, no. He had 20. <laughs> <laughs> no, the amount of slices of oranges <laughs> on his plate came from like 20. I just forget it. <laughs> he had a lot of orange slices on his plate. So Mulder was eating oranges. <laughs> and <laughs> enough to feed a family of 10. And um, he's trying to justify um, the creature that he saw and is weirdly siding with this creature and, like, already giving mm. it a motive and an alibi and, like, explaining it. And Scully's like, whoa, hold on. This person, whatever creature, like, whatever wh- whatever perpetrator we're searching for <clears throat> is eating people. So, like, uh-huh. we're not for them. Yeah. Um, and two, <laughs> Mulder's your child. So when people eat other people's sweetie, um, we're not for them. We love them, but they're just not for us. That's not what we support. Okay. But then um, she's like, like, I believe you saw something, but I'm not about to try to sell it to the higher ups and try to make it a case. Like we don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And that's like where you talk about her really good balance where she's like, no, I'm with Mm. you, but like, we need to be logical. This isn't going to get us anywhere if we try to bring this up. Where if it was just him, he'd be like, everybody listen to me. And eventually yeah. that would dig him into his grave. If right. only. If only it came this early. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, 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 um. Okay. So then she says, um, she's like, well, no, like I, I have to get back to Washington by 730. And he's like, you know, the birthday party? Mulder, stop crying into her life. And she's like, no, I have a date. Takes a <laughs> sip of her coffee. <laughs> That was such a perfect reenactment. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I sat up all straight for it. Um, yep. And he asked her to cancel. I know. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, really, his entitlement to her time drives me crazy. Yeah. Like, it is one thing when she's willingly giving it to you, but he immediately feels entitled to it. He feels entitled it's- to her devotion and, like, sacri- like, right off the bat after for no fucking reason. Yeah. And it's very um, on brand with men, I would say, um, because when you give them an inch, they uh, take a mile. Yeah. Yes. That's so, so true. It's very on brand for um, thinking that a woman giving you uh, a sliver of her time mm-hmm. means that now she is devoted to you for the rest of this journey. Yeah, literally. It's like I wrote, like him asking her to cancel is so annoying and presumptuous because he just expects her to drop everything for his wild ideas that can't even be substantiated. Hmm. Like, yeah, what if it'd be one thing if it was like, yes, people's lives are like people's lives are at stake. But at this level, there's nothing she can do. And he's like, follow this crazy random hunch with me. That's not even like we're not even sure it's connected to the case. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and then she says, unlike you, Mulder, I have a life. And she's, little Scully is so, when he's like, I have two, little Scully's so smiley. And I think she's so cute. She Um, so is. But, but it's showing that like Ellen got, Ellen got to her. And that's sad. Yes. Okay. I made the exact same note because it's so infuriating to me. Like this whole thread throughout this entire episode that Scully's going through it frustrates me that Scully feels like she has to, quote, make a life. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, believe in yourself. You have a life because you have choice. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Literally. Now, oh, that all gets that all gets ripped away shortly hereafter. I know, but I was for talk now, about that. but for now, you have choice over everything that you do, and so it's you have a, like, ugh. like there's there's a little bit of um, the only reason I'm going on this date is to try to convince myself this isn't the life I want with you, Mulder. Um, no, that's truly but, what it is. She's doing it because she feels like it's what she's supposed to do. She's not just, eager yeah. to be out with that guy. I, I just wish that women weren't shamed into choosing a career over a man. Or shamed into not. Like, exactly. goes both, yeah. Meh. It, it's bullshit. So, um, so then she brings him to one of her old professors at the University of Maryland, where she went. And um, this guy's talking about the, essentially the evolutionary... Nope. And this guy is essentially talking about the evolution of man. Um, mm. He says, we humans have retained hereditary traits through evolution that have proven to be extremely destructive. We tend to be tribal and aggressively territorial. And so they talk um, about humans being at the top of the food chain and that they kill other species in order to survive. And so then Mulder suggests that if a human was born who resorted to their first animal instincts and became a kind of carnivorous Neanderthal, then wouldn't they occupy the space above the food chain and whatever essentially yeah sorry i didn't need to go that into detail about it but i didn't understand it before so i was like writing it down so basically he's pitching this theory that it could be a neanderthal who's like above us in the food chain and wouldn't that be crazy and um the the professor was like yeah that's really unlikely and he's like but not out of the realm of extreme possibility and the and the guy's like i mean is anything like what the fuck kind of question is that yeah it would be a great discovery if it were to be true um while you're looking, I just wanted to say I like that we see Scully taking Mulder into her world a little bit. Yeah, that was cool. And explaining shit to him for once that is actually being taken seriously and logically mm-hmm. and not just just discredited as a challenge. Yes. Yeah, and not just as a challenge to him so he can be the hero. Yes. And like his theory can be the hero. And I had a Eureka like when I, as I was writing that is like literally the entire plot of the show is her entire purpose is to challenge what he's saying so that then he can be the hero. Yeah. And like come out and be like, look how smart I am. No, literally it's like she's written as this incredibly intelligent character, but at what cost when everything she said is solely taken as a challenge and not taken as credible and useful information. That's so yeah. true. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> that just blew my mind. But that's it's essentially- like it's like the very first like sprinkling of uh, Scully being some something happening to Scully, something about Scully being used as a catalyst for Mulder then taking over that entire narrative and being the male savior, the male mm-hmm. hero. Exactly. I want to say. I'm going to talk about that too later. <laughs> but okay. Um, so then he's going through this professor's papers, I think, and he finds that fucking gorilla with the boobs drawing. Or he's in the office now doing that. Like, I, whatever that... Oh, another yeah. god-awful yeah. drawing. Cut yeah. to Dana on a date. Okay, so, like, I hate this date, but this is maybe one of my favorite outfits, I think, of the whole Ever. series. Yeah, Like, I that agree. fucking top with the shoulder pads and those high-waisted pants and the belt and a little French twist. Like, I would wear every bit of that right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's so a five-parter. It's, it's a bodysuit with shoulder pads. Um and a red lip i mean you just in the white and the black with it. the red whoo yes yeah. yes so good um and i and i would like to call attention to the fact that this is a segment called uh 
men acting like women are their therapists. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's talking about the fear of being replaced by his son's <laughs> stepfather and talking about how he had dreams one time that he was hitting. I was like, bro, rein it in. This is your first date. Yeah. Um, and he, and, but then he says, oh, you'll feel different once you have kids, assuming she fucking wants kids. And then says having kids changes everything. And the look on her face, I'm going to let you talk in a second because I know you're going to explode. But like the look on her face, she just looks so scared and little. And like he suggests taking the kids to the beach and her uneasy with like, yeah, like she's just so uncomfortable. Okay, go ahead. Emily's going to explode. I agree with everything you just said. Like she's so uncomfortable. Okay, but like also she's what woman wouldn't be what human being would not be sitting across from this and be like okay on date one the waiter (laughs) i didn't even think about it like that like on date one he's like so you think about having kids she's like (laughs) she's like so he's like so how fertile are you That's definitely a moment of like, I'm just going to go use the bathroom. And never come back. And then you walk out the door. Yeah. Um, So, yes, everything that Stevie just said times a million. So you'll understand when you have kids, having kids changes everything. Okay. Here we go. A couple points. Let's dive in. A couple points here. And by couple, I mean uh, a very significant amount. So one – Let's stop assuming that women want children just because they have a womb. Two, what ultimately ends up happening to Scully uh, makes this entire exchange so much crueler Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I, it took me about 20 minutes to get through this entire scene. Um, Yeah. Because of course she does have her own child. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert. Sorry if you didn't know that. We, they know by this point. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's imperative to my argument. So when she, so of course she does have her own baby and the show barely acknowledged him as anything other than a plot device. And yet they're for some reason placing this apparent importance to devote an entire scene mm-hmm. to this aspect of her reproductive life yep and so i can't quite fathom the obsession with scully having children at this point in the series i know i i I suppose these moments were uh serve as some reminder that scully is still unsure of her position at the fbi and and what that will entail as her career moves forward her partnership with Mulder, etc right Stevie mentioned in an earlier episode how it's fascinating for the audience because we're meeting them for the same for the first time at the same time that they're meeting each other. Mm-hmm. So Scully telling Mulder she has a date evokes a certain response from him and her demeanor and the way she tells him. I, I get all of that. Like I get, like I get the, like, the purpose of establishing a vibe between those them. Those personal boundaries being tested and like seeing where they stand with those things. Those are all crucial to character development. Yes. Totally. Totally. But <laughs> I understand it's to establish that Scully still has motivation to seek a life outside of the, the X-Files. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that distinguishes her from Mulder in a way also. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and this is where I want to talk about th- this lust for having it all that women seemed to be pressured to have at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, having it all was and is impossible because it doesn't exist 
in a patriarchal capitalist well, that's society. What I mean. like you're living in a society that truly won't allow you to have it all exactly like it won't. and the fact that that's never once a question that a man will is asked exactly and so they and and even even if she had um chosen one or the other um or even if she even if in a normal situation, she was a normal woman with normal choices, they never even allow her the outlet away from the X-Files, which is what a child would have been mm-hmm. in this situation, which they are asking her about, which they're presenting in her life for some reason. They literally bound her to this journey with Mulder mm-hmm. because of the Emily arc when she finds out that she has a child. That could have taken her away from the X-Files. But um, they created Emily to kill her. And so Scully was not given that outlet. And they bound her to this journey by traumatizing her, stripping her of her autonomy and limiting her choice. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we needed to see this date. It's a very early foundation that underscores what becomes this bizarre basis for the entire show, which is, of course, reproductive trauma Mm -hmm. and this obsession with reproductivity and a woman's ability to reproduce. And it it sets this precedent for this like piece of food dangling in front of Scully's mouth on a string that is her desire for motherhood. Mm -hmm. And it's brought up this early. Yep. For some reason. Yeah. And well, because here's what it is. It's literally an un it's a subconscious association with women and motherhood that just is a bond that can't be broken in these male writers' heads. Like it's true. Yeah. Not even at the level like if they heard what we were saying, they would not even fathom how the, how we could think this because it was so subconscious. Like it's yeah. not an intentional kind of torture. It's just uh what this is this is just how you write female characters this is the stories that they go on because this is the truth for them and it's just not it's like painful how not true that is and how it's just assumed without any second thought that's how unimportant it is for them exactly and uh another point i wanted to make was this episode is such a poster child for again the marketing of a woman who has it all Mm -hmm. a career a child a husband a perfect physical image and it was so uh it was so prevalent at the time and the writers really let scully fall into that trap Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in in a way that i don't think they were prepared to ultimately see through to the end and that and and that they kind of abandon halfway and resort to traumatizing Mm -hmm. her instead and that's all i have to say It cuts and Mulder's in the office by himself and he gets a call from that park ranger saying that he found a body in the forest that's probably been dead six to eight months and is missing a tooth that matches the one that he found in a rabbit a while back. He was talking about things that he found in the woods. Um, Mm -hmm. He says he turned over the body to the coroner's office and so Mulder calls Scully or pages her at her date and Pager goes off and she's so cute when she's when she like gets from a person she gets so cute. Um. And so she goes and calls Mulder and um, he tells her this biddy's got titties. <laughs> <laughs> Took you some out with that one, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like the image of Mulder, like getting the call and realizing, and then like he looks at the photo and he's like, oh, 
it's not a man, it's a woman. I know what that means. And him I know just like paging Scully and her calling him and him being like, Scully, this thing's got boobs. <laughs> In the middle of her date. Yep. And what's funny is that anyway. he's like, sorry to interrupt your evening. And she's like, it's okay. Like, she's so... In like in the most seductive, so thank you for saving me from this horrible date type of way. Um, yeah. And so then they cut to the coroner's office and I wish they would have kept her hair up. Like you made it so obvious it wasn't another day. And I love the French twist. Like fuck off, let her wear it. Anyways. I called this, um, I called this look. Ready for this? I got, I have an alliteration for okay, you. Ready. Pansy purple parkour pantsuit. Strikes again, featuring a ribbed blouse and matching lips. Why is that a fucking poem? What the fuck? <laughs> but it wasn't purple. It was pansy purple. It was red. I looked it up. It was red, but it was like a plum. I mean, what you wrote in the sounds lighting. beautiful. So in the okay, I looked up. I looked up red colors that start with P, and that was the closest one. Okay. So fuck. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful poem. It's okay. Um, so they cleaned up the evidence, essentially. They got rid of the body, and, um, back in Jersey, they are in the coroner's office. They've basically cleaned up, um, any evidence that the body was ever there. Can't find anything on it. So the ranger, Scully, Mulder, and the professor all go off searching for this dead beast, um, woman's together. The police show up to where the, our little group of four is looking. And um, so it's like, ooh, trouble. Who's going to find her first? The professor, the professor man is smelling things and he found a towel with blood on it. And they're like, maybe this is where she brings her prey. Maybe she's injured, blah, 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 blah. Um, I love that Mulder is like, oh, since it's female, do you think she has emotion? And Scully's like, oh, yeah, I bet she shops too. Like, what? Like, I love that. You know. <clears throat> I love that. I, I think they wrote that seriously, but she read it the way that many a woman would, being like, shut the yes. fuck up for assuming that because she's a woman, she has emotion, but a man wouldn't. Like, what? Yeah, Why does exactly. this make you think about it? Why wasn't that a thought before? Um, anyways. Um, and so the local cops come in, and they're looking for Mulder to try to stop their investigation and catch this, like, devil creature before Mulder can. Um, and I love that when Mulder, like, he sees the beast move he like sees a shadow move so he goes and scully's like urgently trying to figure out where he is and he just doesn't say anything he's just like i'm just yeah. not gonna answer so then um she sees Mulder jump out onto the roof looking um chasing after this beast woman and so she jumps and does a little tuck parkour. and roll parkour we love it she's so beautiful um and she is beauty she is grace she is dana Catherine scully ace and Fuck she me. will punch you in the face oh that was good um <laughs> So Mulder's chasing after this beast woman. He meets her in this, like, basement little thing. And she's just, like, hovering over him. And, like, <laughs> why is it erotic? Um, and Scully comes in and scares her away after she, like, scratches Mulder's ribcage or whatever. And, like, mm -hmm. Mulder's into that. So we know he's yeah. kinky. And Mulder's Ooh. like, she's so beautiful. And Scully's Damn. like, noted. Um, noted. <laughs> and then from that day forward, Scully started growing her nails. <laughs> Okay, so the Mulder's like, she's beautiful. And this is giving me really gross white male savior colonial vibes. Like mm, there is mm -hmm. something so harmful about having people of color portrayed as savage beast-like characters. And they're yeah. just perpetuating that very, very problematic and damaging and dangerous notion. And it doesn't help that every single person investigating this was is white. white. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
So, and then it cuts to Mulder being treated in an ambulance. I really love the scene for some reason because I really mm-hmm. love that Mulder's just like, not Mulder, I love that Scully's just screaming at people on the mm-hmm. phone while Mulder's like yelling things at her in the ambulance. And there's like- It's very, it's very really, high action. It's very high action, high stakes. And you know what the, you know what it fucking is? High it just fucking came to me. The reason I like this scene is because David fucking Duchovny is actually meeting everybody at their energy. Yep. That's literally it. Yep. He's actually playing it as excited wow. and enthralled. And how crazy, it's crazy how better a scene is when everybody's at the same energy level. What the fuck? It's literally what You're it is. so right. Yeah, you're like, so right. he's so urgent about it and him being like, that's crap. Like, they can't tell you that. I got really excited and I, I ripped my <laughs> headphones out. Yes, I agree. But you know, like, it's yep. cool seeing him that's like that because then point. it it validates every other character's urgency and it just, and mm-hmm. like, crazy what happens when you bring it, like. It's crazy what happens when you do your job, huh? Interesting. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so then it's a race between our little team of four and the local cops to find um, what Mulder keeps calling a real-life Neanderthal. So we think they have her because the ranger gets her with the tranquilizer, but the local cops actually kill her. And the guy's like, she tried to rip my arm off or whatever the fuck. Um, Then Mulder wants to know why they killed her, and the stupid cop is like, the same reason you kill a wild animal, which is just really problematic (gasps) considering she's the only person of color in this entire fucking episode. Um, Yep. So, cut to Mulder sadly looking at pictures of his dead Neanderthal girlfriend in the leaves, and then angrily Uh putting them away in the X-File. And then Scully comes in with her rad fucking blazer. (laughs) So cute. Um, It It looks like a Christmas tree skirt. Um, yes, and I love Christmas with shoulder plaids. Oh, it's fucking rad. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and so she gives him the rundown that they did the examinations of the bodies and they released them, and that they have no prehistoric bones. Um, they're list- She's listed as a Jane Doe, and records of her being searched for, but her exam showed that she had most likely given birth and Mulder was like she was just protecting her children Scully and I was like is the goddamn fucking theme of this episode women's innate desire to procreate why is that the through line I told you I told you truly this is like the this is the this is the first episode that we see this foundation of this fixation shows obsession with women's reproductivity and like i get it like i there's no one who loves a storyline where a woman is going fucking batshit crazy to project her children more than me live for that shit but like we get it why is that the only thing focused on and why is it like pushed through scully's storyline like what is that weird fixation like stop did you hear me writers from 1993 stop and it makes it it makes me even more angry seeing um thinking about Thinking of the writers writing this and imagining that picture that um, of all the writers, the Hollywood, I think it was a Hollywood yeah. reporter mm-hmm. image of all the writers and they are literally all white men. Mm-hmm. But Some guess what? Some of them have hair. beards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then a Scully, I forgot that she did this, but her asking Mulder to just go out and have a beer sent me. Like I was laughing so hard. <clears throat> I, uh, I, have a, um, I have a point. <laughs> Go ahead. This really came full circle for me because she tries to conform Mm -hmm. and she tries to get Mulder to try Mm -hmm. to get a life like she's being convinced is the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. Uh, despite the fact that she's a very intelligent woman and would not fall for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's trying to uh, get Mulder to conform as as her own confirmation bias. Yes. And he refuses. Wow, that's so interesting. 
Wait, to and put it so, like that, like she needs him to value having yes. a life as much as she does to make it woo. Cause because to everyone else, he's crazy. And and Scully is is everyone else. And then she and then she meets him. And uh, however you feel about how devoted he is to his job, um, I think that's the life that Scully wanted for herself. I think she wanted to be devoted to her career. Exactly. And it was hard for her to shape the prioritization of settling down and having a family. Pressure to conform. Yeah, exactly. And so when she sees Mulder refuse, she's like, wow, okay. He can just not do that and not care. And so she's like, Oh hell yeah! So then, when Rob calls, I was just gonna say the the work, um, the work is his life, and there's nothing wrong with that because it's what he's chosen. Yeah, and she's like, I can fucking do that too. And yeah, people literally do not people. I say the writers, mm-hmm. everyone, literally does not believe that Scully is capable of making her own choices. Mm-hmm. So cut to so, the end of this, the episode, which is why I love the end so much. Okay. And I had that realization. So like Rob calls and asks if yeah. she wants to go to Cirque du Soleil. Can we just talk about how weird this is for a brief second? He's like, um, can you want to come to Cirque du Soleil with me and my son? But then you can go pick up your godson and take that random kid with us. And we can just have make it a, a foursome. Yeah, Rob is off his rocker. I would never, what kind of fucking date is that? It's date two and you want to have a full on family. Like, bro, what? Yeah. Anyways. He's weird. So, um, she says no. And we know that because she comes out and, um, Mulder asked who it was. And she was like a guy. And he was like, that guy that you were out with last night. And she was like, yep. Same guy. Same guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. are you going to go out with him again? And what Without she, he's unable to meet her eye. Oh I yeah, say, well, this entire conversation. <laughs> and then she says, she doesn't think so. And she says, she not does. at this time. Yeah, she goes. And so Mulder's like, well, don't you have a life? And she's like, Just keep that up, Mulder. And I'll hurt you like that beast woman. And he says, like he's like, you promise? <laughs> oh, because well, we know. <laughs> um, and then he says, eight million years out of Africa. And she says, and look who's holding the door and she holds the door open for him and he leaves which is like okay hear me out here yeah mm-hmm. that's fucking badass good for you fucking pursue your career but can i just say what fucking choice does she have like if she would have gone with rob her career would have tanked and she would have been defined as a mother and a wife which is like fine if that's what you want but it's clearly not what she wants but because she chooses molder and therefore her career her children are stolen from her and she's out and she's um, put through years of fucking unbelievable trauma. Like, huh? Like, yeah, that's empowering, but you're just walking into you being fucking tortured. And that's sad to think about. Like, I don't mean to ruin that moment. Yeah. That is a great, like, that's a great scene. I love that. Yeah. But it's just frustrating knowing the outcome. It's very frustrating knowing the outcome. I think we both looked at it from different perspectives. I was looking at it as um, her being able to choose. Um. Yeah, and I mean, she, I mean, in that moment, in, in, a, in a similar way, in a similar way that Mulder has been able to choose, um, right? That he wants to do this with his life. But I agree with you. I agree that knowing the future, knowing the outcome, because yeah. I made the same note earlier that this is the first as you did, but I I didn't say it because, but now it makes sense. Um, anyway, 
I made a note earlier about how this is like the first episode where she really is all in, where she follows him and where she wants to dive in and do the work. And um, I made a note saying it's sad because of what following him leads her into. And it's like, and so it's, it's true. This scene is really empowering. She's choosing for the first time like Mulder is and really going after what she wants rather than what she feels like she's supposed to want. And that's amazing. It's just it's just such a bummer to know that that chick, she's walking into so much pain, like so much yeah. unnecessary pain. So it's like, I wish that we could take these episodes and put them at the beginning of a slightly different show. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, and it's, and it's also just, um, it, it speaks to the fact that exactly what you said. Yes, she had a choice. Yes, she's choosing Mulder, but it's sad that she has to walk into all the trauma she then faces. It's like as if her choosing to join Mulder on what com- what becomes their shared journey mm-hmm. is unable, is untellable, is not uh, interesting unless she's being traumatized. Like yes. it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been the two of them just doing what they've I always, know. just just solving cases. Like, like, it couldn't sure, have been that. Sure, some trauma's happening, natural, that's life. Life happens. And also it's a mm-hmm. fictional television show and that's what keeps plots interesting is conflict. But it gets to the point where the only plot is her trauma. Like that is yeah. the only thing propelling the plot. And it's just well, for, it's like trauma for trauma's sake. Like there's no purpose yeah. in, for it other than to propel this weird plot. And it's like, you can propel the plot in other ways than committing violence against women constantly. Yeah. And, and I think they, at a, at a certain point, they, they reached the point of no return because they ultimately made the uh, linchpin of the show, uh, specifically reproductive trauma but then and 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 at a certain point you can't go back from mm -hmm. that so but then they just fucking ran with it and made it worse so then the last scene is a sad neanderthal baby in a cave just being a baby probably gonna die because nobody there to baby it i don't know if i can know that's the end of the episode that was (laughs) we made it that was like a serious one we were very insightful very and thoughtful. Serious. And I realized a lot of things that I did not realize while watching it. Because you were texting me that you me were, too. like, having all of these fucking eurekas and that you were going to, like, you had so many notes. And I was watching it and I didn't have that many. And so, but you talking gave me more. Like, it, like, helped me bring me to right. more places. So that was fucking rad. Yo, Jersey yeah. Devil. That was so good. Yeah. Um, do you have anything for Jillian's Corner? Uh, would you like to talk yeah, about that comment? Yeah, can we talk about Jillian's Corner today? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Emily and I were um, watching Extremists, as you do, which is, um, which <laughs> is, oh, I, wait, which if you don't know, Extremists is um, a music, it's a song by Hal, by Hal, Hal. Um, yeah. in the nine that came out in the 90s that Jillian Anderson, like, did some spoken word for did some slam, slam poetry, poetry over, over um, and is in the music video and she's basically being a voyeur watching robots have sex um it's very sensual uh, definitely watch it if you very feel erotic. like you're gonna overheat definitely don't do it in public prepare yourself get some water you know yeah stevie had to witness me full <laughs> gay panic i had to talk her down but it was okay she made it stevie stevie um what did you you said what did you think when you were watching this video like when you watch this video for the first time oh, what, yeah. what were you thinking or something like that and and my response was um you said well i still I thought i was straight so until the end of the video 
I was just, well, I was just kind of like, well, first of all, I had no idea what the fuck was going yeah, that's on. That's the fair reaction. And then I, and then I, and then, and then, and then, and so like at first I was just listening to her voice and I was like, oh, her voice is like doing things to me. Cool. <laughs> so I watched it again and then, and then, and then. So yeah, I watched that music video, but we were reading the comments, which were hysterical underneath and we found one particular no 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 it was um it was uh we were watching we were watching um this and then we watched oh, a panel. Was the comment on the panel and the comment was on the panel oh, so um we were watching this panel what panel is it canada fan expo panel 2016 okay so we were watching that um and we were reading the comments of, of jillian anderson Sorry, yes just to make that clear um and we were reading the comments and we found one particularly <laughs> good one that Emily is going to read to you now. Um, and this is long. It's a ride. But please, I promise you, stay till the end because <laughs> the way it ends is, is, truly, <laughs> is truly special. You had to do it like a valley girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Even though yeah, we're pretty sure it. this is like a man in his 40s. Oh, it's, it 100% is. Yeah. Um, and what did I, oh, so the, the comment is in reference to a woman who asked a question in the panel about Scully being a feminist icon. Mm-hmm. So he starts off with a quote, he says, Scully is a feminist icon? Ah, I see now. My favorite female character of all time has been hijacked by the feminists. And judging by Jillian's attitude towards men, she's a hardcore feminist, <laughs> plural. So I can't really like Jillian as I once did in terms of respect. She is for women, the female audience, and that's it. You're right. That's why we love her. <laughs> the, male, the male audience, from what I've seen, are a bunch of clowns. Also right. Okay. Oh, he, oh. Only I'm, points. I'm male, and I don't want to be associated with those guys. And I'm not a female feminist. Jillian seems to have a chip on her shoulder against men when I see her in interviews. So... I guess I'm not really her fan anymore. I'll continue to appreciate the magic that both Jillian and David created with the very early Mulder and Scully, but who Jillian is now and what she'll bring to the table for future Scully if there is a new X-Files, I just can't take seriously anymore. If Jillian seemed more like a logical and fair person, like Louis C.K., that'd be awesome. I fucking screamed (laughs) when we read that. Quite the pick. But she seems like a man-hater to me who is the icon to other man-haters. So I'm done. Of course, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You're right. It doesn't matter. You are correct. (laughs) We'll post a screenshot of this um, comment. But it's very funny. Scully has been hijacked by the feminists. Look out. (laughs) Everyone. Call the police. (laughs) No, don't call the police. (laughs) Listen to Hot Homeless Man. I'm owning it. (laughs) <laughs> be like hot homeless man a cab i'm gonna find a picture of hot homeless man and post it with like a bunch of heart emojis around it oh i'm gonna make it sweet god i love um, him um <laughs> i'm gonna write a fic about him if only <laughs> scully actually goes to rescue Mulder, and she sees sexy homeless man not sexy Ooh. homeless man 
who who she creates a life with who just she's able to have her career she becomes head of the fbi she becomes Mulder's boss Mm -hmm. um and they make thousands of babies together and they're so happy too bad jillian um is a man hater and it it couldn't be more like like the uh all harrowing saint louis (laughs) ck brings a tear to your eye doesn't it well yeah it does and if you are unfamiliar with louis ck's history give it a gander take a google uh, just just uh take it to the google take it to the google <laughs> like my mother always said <laughs> but, but take it to the google <laughs> sure he's not gonna be happy about that uh i just want to make it clear in all seriousness louis ck has sexually assaulted multiple women um yes. Yeah. Which is not a joke. But what's a joke not, is that this insane man on YouTube thinks that um, Jillian should, should be more like him. Not great. Nope. Not great, Stevie. And that's it. On that happy note. Oh, also. Oh, wait. Also, this man. I forgot. He he left. A, he he left another comment. Oh right. Um, that is good. Um, kind of just a uh, an iconic comment to make. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Man, Jillian seems to be." to be stella in real life a woman with a grand chip on her shoulder man <laughs> man <laughs> she would be so excited to see that comment oh she'd be thrilled i mean i think any woman would well i think that's it and that is it so thank you so much for tuning in we hope to yeah. see you next week um we're doing episode six shadows and thanks for listening Thank you so much, and And we hope you enjoyed it. See you next time on The The Sex Sex Files. Files. (laughs) Okay, bye.